really don't compare. We used to eat chocolate eclairs. J-Ho and Groove Dog Talk happen in the air. Dropping episodes into my feed. Number one, Pantheon, Ada always in the lead. I let them steam through it till my battery diluted. But you've been consuming, apparently, lighter fluid. And we go way back, me and these sidekicks. But to tell the truth, we all still miss and miss. I'm gonna be. Yeah, same. This one might be a little rickety. Good. Uh, I can't wait for us to have a shitty episode. <laughs> the death episode. <laughs> All right, I'm recording. So. 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 <laughs> I'm recording. So. So. So you better put your funny bones on. <laughs> Get ready to laugh. Get ready for the jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't laughed all day, but I'm ready to laugh now. I haven't laughed in fucking two weeks. <laughs> this is good. Welcome to the death King. episode. Hey, King Philip comes over for good sex. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's your that's your out of context OC quick. I'm, I'm I feel like that's I feel like it's now it's now it's a thing. All you know. The hundreds of people that watch the OC along with us are yeah. are now trying to figure out which episode, oh, which which line from the episode. I bet that's gonna be it. <laughs> Summer's not a cat person. I don't really, I don't even know what that had to do with anything. But Dawson's crack, everybody. <laughs> Dawson's crack. Oh boy. Well, we're gonna have some chit chatting to do. Don't, don't step on the on the lead. Or whatever, I don't know. All right, <laughs> you ready for starting off strong? Starting <laughs> Please, off, I'm starting a week this week. Oh man, I don't even want to do this one either. <laughs> I just, I just dug a hole for myself to try to one up. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna soak up the sun. Got my 45 on, so I can rock out. Like some Cheryl Crow. You're a, <laughs> you're you're a shirt. Oh this My friend, the communist. What? That's what he, that's what she says. No. Yeah, she really? says my friend, the communist. He does something in his RV. Oh, I'm about to look this up real quick. This is important. Cheryl Crow's out here with communists. Uh, I guess so. She's out here fucking throwing bricks with Antifa. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Kansas Soup. That's the Just first. Trying to beat my family. <laughs> the first line of "Soak Up the Sun" is my friend, the communist. Wow. Hold, holds meetings in his RV. I can't afford his gas, so I'm st- stuck here watching TV. That is who wrote that. I assume Cheryl Crow wrote it. No, she didn't. She, she didn't, didn't write her songs. Cheryl Crow didn't write her own songs. I don't fucking know. I'm talking shit, man. Oh my man. god! I thought you were a Cheryl Crow fan all this time. Oh yeah, you're right. I I, I understand that you could have gotten that impression. Yeah, I really did think From that. Me and my, you know, I used to. <laughs> I was just talking about this with somebody last night. I, I what was it? <laughs> I said I was hanging out with some friends and. They were making fun of me. They said, oh, yeah, like back when you wore a dress. And I was like, I did wear a dress. I used to own this elastic waistband, heavy, heavy velvet and silk paisley dress. Yeah. That like you Did you see me in it? Uh, I don't remember, but. Okay. I, I, okay. I'm not... But you know that kind of dress where it's like, it's like 
vertical strips of fabric that go from waist all the way to ankle and it's like velvet paisley silk velvet paisley silk. yeah 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 i got you yeah yeah. and i used to i used to wear it you know like whatever and i have seen you in a dress before just not that dress right i've been in countless dresses i I, and i now pass no judgment on that i'm i've always supported not now but not yeah all this time i thought you were a cheryl crow stan i don't i I mean i had a feeling that that first album hold on by the way soak up the sun written by cheryl crow and jeff trot oh jeff trot you remember you know the great jeff trot right yeah right he's uh he's somebody that i don't know Um, he got named in the mccarthy (laughs) 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 he was blackballed from the industry uh that you didn't like that tuesday night music club album the first one uh, I don't think the, I ever listened to The one to with it. Leaving Las Vegas on it. And All I Want to Do. <laughs> I mean, all I Want to Do no. is a banger. Uh, well, I great. I hope do. you have some fun. Just have some fun. It's like not, it's not a big ask. <laughs> it doesn't, that song doesn't ask much of you. You don't have to go to jump to conclusions to be like, oh, that's just, that's a bridge too far, Cheryl Crow. You're right. I'm I'm perfectly fine with Cheryl Crow having some fun. Me too. I hope she has a great time. Yeah. She dated Lance Armstrong. I don't know how much fun that was. Yikes. Probably not not fun at all. But no, he, definitely he not sucks. fun. What's up? You got any uh housekeeping? No, I don't think I do, man. We, I think we're light on the main we stuff this some, week. We got some Zell coming in here. We got another Zell email. Oh yeah, that's right. Here, let me pull it up. Where's it at? All right. So Zell said, "What's up, my dudes?" He's not caught up to to us shouting him out on that episode two episodes ago. By the way, no. He's um, not. Zell, the great Reverend Zell says, "What's up, my dudes?" I can't believe you guys talk trash on Chumbawamba and their song Tub Thumping. That album is super good, but the best album they made was their 2008 album, The Boy Bands Have Won. Unironically, good shit, LOL. Hope you guys are having a great day. I love that kid. Yeah, I mean, of course Zell's going to like... Zell's listened to the whole discography <laughs> of Chumbawamba. I mean, I, you, if, you, if you held a gun to my head and said, guess how many albums Chumbawamba has, <laughs> I would be like... One. If you if you held a gun to my head and said spell Chumbawamba, I would have gotten it wrong. <laughs> uh, it's spelled just like you think it would. Chumbawamba, Chumbawamba. Looking at it right now. Let's see how many albums they have, and you and you're gonna guess, right? Discography. Um, how many albums does Chumbawamba have? Yeah. Well, fuck. One is too many. I'm gonna say three. A little bit more than that. No, no, don't you dare. A little bit more than that. Don't you dare. Don't you do that to me. I just want to soak up the sun. They have 16 albums. (laughs) 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 No. You ready for your mind to be blown? No. No, it already is. They had seven seven albums that came out before that tub tub thumper album. <laughs> seven. They were seven. just out in these Irish streets. Are they Irish? I think there's something like that. There's something, there's something boring. An English rock band. 
Where is this? English? Oh, they'd this probably be English. upset with me calling them oh. Irish. Burnley, Lancashire, England. Oh, they were Northerners. Hello, Governor. Um, <laughs> I don't Fuck know if that's you. what nor- Northerners sound like there, but. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they're like anarchists or something. They claim to be anarchists or something. Oh, they broke up in 2012. Damn. What a, shame. What a shame. Just, just one shy of the f- fabled 17 albums. Yeah. Man, that next one might have been the one that got me, too. Gone before their time. Damn, they look old as hell. I guess they are old as hell. Their first album's in 86. Of course they're old as hell. Yeah. They've been busy tub thumping. They got knocked out, and they got up again until they didn't. They got up 16 more times. 16. Can you imagine that? You, there's somebody out there. That's, that's their favorite band. We talked about Deep Blue you something. Think, and, wait, hold on. You think so? I'm sure somebody. I mean, I bet, you know, uh, doing my research on Deep Blue something when I went to Facebook and found out that they had uh, <laughs> a sad one <laughs> one fan fan group. Um, I imagine there's more more fans of Chumbawamba than Deep Blue something. Yeah, true. I don't know. Maybe not. But I, I bet there's got to be somebody out there that's that's their favorite band. <laughs> you know? And they're probably it's like... Bell's fa- second favorite band. You guys uh, didn't uh, listen to... Uh, you guys didn't listen to their 2008 album, The Boy Bands of One. You know, if you listen to that, you'd understand why they're my favorite band. They might be Zell's favorite band. You know, look. He didn't want to go too I, hard on it. Maybe I need to go listen clowning. to the, some other albums of theirs. I guess so. Uh, you might have noticed a different intro this week. Another, uh, oh god, another user submission. Oh god, from uh, perennial runner-up to uh, number one fan, Mikey. Hope, hope, say it again. Perennial runner-up to number one fan. Say it again. Perennial runner-up to number one fan. Go on, Mikey. Mikey uh, did a little freestyle rap for us, and he, that's that's the intro this week. So, did you listen to it? Yeah, I listened to it in the audio recording. I couldn't really, I, I really, it was really bad levels. So I went to the link of the video and watched it. Yeah, and um, can I tell you, it took every bit of self discipline not to send it directly to Matt. <laughs> yeah, did you say that was a message to Matt? No, I it took just, it took okay. all my self discipline not to send it to like to all the people really that okay. have been listening. Yeah, up here. Gotcha. Well, they're gonna hear it on the on this, you know. So take it. Yeah, I was impressed, like, man. Whoa. I was impressed. You know, Mikey's got bars. <laughs> I mean, they're not. It's not good enough to get number one fan. Get oh, I thought you were saying that he is this week. Number one fan from perennial runner up to no, no, no. I just was saying he's perennial runner up, he never gets number one fan. You're he's, you're about to hear to you. It's close, it's closer than he's ever gotten before. I was still Mikey runner up to number one fan. Unfortunately, oh. number one fan slot completely open this week, just no, no candidates. Oh, sorry, Mikey, you're not sorry. Yeah, you told me to do it. Look, I can't do anything from the couch. <laughs> now you want to be all sidekicked up. I can't. I can't take credit for those decisions. He called us both sidekicks. I'm not gonna reward that. Can't both be sidekicks. 
Jackie said you have to be the sidekick because you're shorter. Oh, oh Jackie like, with her heightest. Heights at heightest. Uh, I was like, he's not, you're not that much shorter than me, are you? How tall are I you? Think so. I think I am. How, much, how tall are you? 5'8". Oh, you're that short? I didn't realize that. Well, you're wow. not short. That's not short. It's No, go on. Little, Tell me how short blow, I am. A little below average. Uh, well, I'm six feet, you know, up here, you know, looking down on everybody. Everybody seems short to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I, read it. I guess you are a sidekick material. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 148 of I Only Like Their Old Stuff. This is the podcast where we answer the question, "What's the hype?" I'm J Ho, and with me is Sidekick Groove. I'm just leaning into it now. What's up? What's your what's the hype? Man, okay, all right, all right. Is there any hype this week? (laughs) What? Is there any hype this week? That's the question I have for both of us. That's a good question. I'm gonna tell you a little story. Okay. Regale me with the with the tale. Here's, here's the, coming in from the couch with the story. So Wednesdays are my day off. Okay. And um, now that, you know, the sun is setting earlier, yeah. I can't really do when like evening time disc golf. Yeah. And so this past Wednesday, I, you know, I got up, did a bunch of, you know, chores and work and stuff like that. And some chores in this time house. to get up. Yeah. Excuse me. There's so some there's chores, chores in this, in this house. house. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I drove up an hour and twenty minutes to Worcester, to the Massachusetts. Fancy, the fancy, the fancy uh, course. Yeah, I went to the fancy course. Is that what Worcestershire's and, from? Is it Worcestershire? You no, know? that's a different place. Um, I think. <laughs> why don't I know this? That the spelling is the same or is not the same? I don't know. I think no Worcester is not the same as Worcestershire. Worcestershire okay. Yeah. So I took all this time to drive up there, right? I had set the tea time, yeah. you know, I'm headed up there and I get up there and I'm just in it. I'm just in the greatest mood, right? Yeah. Like it, I had had kind of a, you know, it's been whatever, kind of stressful. Not every day is great, whatever. Yeah. And um, I, I go up there and just on the ride, I'm just like set, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, i'm listening to good music whatever i get there and there's not a lot of people on a wednesday so i'm in no rush you know what i mean share pro on the way up and say you're in a good yeah exactly good you're ready to have some fun i'm with a bunch of communists (laughs) and uh i head out on the course and i decide to play the blues which is the second hardest layout and it's like significantly harder than the second easiest like there's four layouts red white blue and gold yeah and yeah. red is way too easy white is finally too easy for me yeah and so the, but the jump from white to blue is pretty big and the weather's like kind of sketchy it's like not sunny but it's not really overcast yeah but the wind is the wind is outrageous Just how and yeah i get 11 holes in which is the furthest from the parking lot Mm -hmm. that you can be on the course yeah and there's this 
ominous black mass of weather that is just beyond the tree line. Yeah. After hole 11. I don't worry too much about it, but I see that there's lightning in there. But like you just, you know, I don't know. It's weather. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm afraid of no lightning. All right. Strike and me down. I, I'll grow I'll grow stronger. <laughs> well, I I throw hole eleven and then I tee off on hole twelve. And I <laughs> I lost my second favorite disc of all time on hole ten. Oh, which one? Is it the wolf? No, I don't throw a wolf. You don't throw a wolf anymore? This throw a bunch of leopard. And this is the leopard that I'd had the longest. And it was from a tournament that I played in in Tennessee Aww. like 13 yeah. years ago. That's a bummer. And uh, I just couldn't find it, you know? Yeah. Um, you got your number And on it's it, one though. of those, like, I'm usually really good at finding this. So yeah. I can't, I can't. I can't be bothered with like spending more than 10 minutes looking for a disc. It feels like an eternity. I feel like an asshole. I'm like, whatever, let me just let it go and move on. And, um, <clears throat> I throw, I throw like my fifth favorite disc on hole 12. Yeah. And as I am walking <clears throat> down the fairway, the storm, like the sky opens up. <laughs> yeah. And it's already like, it's like probably 58 degrees. Okay. And, I start looking for the disc and as I'm looking for the disc, the thunder and the lightning get so oppressively loud and, and visible that I begin to kind of panic <laughs> and I st- I'm like, okay, I'm just not going to play. I'm just yeah. not going to get to play. You know what I mean? And I, and I, I put my bag around my shoulder and the wind is threatening to blow my hat off. And so like I pull down on my hat. Yeah. And right then a uh like a brick wall of hail <laughs> comes down at a speed of probably three hundred and sixty seven miles per hour. And it it's it feels like it's piercing my bald head. Uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm like I'm in such pain. I'm out in a field right yeah. now. And I'm like, I need to get in the woods and like, am I supposed to be near trees away from trees? I can't remember. It's lightning. There's so much <laughs> hail coming down. It's Lay so fast. And yeah. It's so cold and so wet so quickly that I'm in like ac- actual panic mode, like sheer panic mode. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm like, I need to get to safety yeah. and I need to get to safety as soon as possible. And so I get underneath this little tiny enclave of trees and just kind of stand there for a minute. And I'm like, wait a second. This is not stopping. This is not stopping. This is how I die. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is how I'm going to die. I mean, there could be worse ways to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, it dissipated a little bit after, like, what felt like an eternity. Yeah. And so made my way down the hill a little bit to, like, a, a denser part of the forest where it wasn't as painful to stand. Yeah. And just hung out there for like 20 minutes oh God. and then just walked completely and utterly saturated from one end of the disc golf course to the other end of the disc golf course. And by the time I got to the car, there was no more storm. Wow. And you lost both discs. I lost my, yeah, two of my top five discs. I didn't get to finish the round. Yeah. But like, you know, I don't know. It was a memory. So that's your hype. 
<laughs> that's how your week's I, gone, huh? Is that that's your life? That was the best thing that that's happened how, this that, week. That's <laughs> the best thing that happened this week. I got built it with I do. Ale. I do have a, another a, a mini. A what? A mini hype. Okay. P. Kane, friend of the pod. Yeah, that's that's hype. He uh, he's been texting me a bunch this week because he's been hired. He so P. Kane is a uh, he's a director, uh, camera operator. Lives in Nashville. Yeah, does talented, a lot of work on music dude. videos. Yeah. What talented guy? Yeah, super talented, super chill. Mm-hmm. And um, he texted me this week. He said, "Hey, uh, I just got hired to run um." This documentary that uh, Jason Isbell is doing. Oh wow! Are you a fan of you a fan uh, of Jason Isbell? No, but I'm. All my friends are. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not against him. I'm fine. I like him. All right. Yeah, I think he's okay. He's I think fine. he's a really talented songwriter. I like his like uh, political views and stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um. Shut up and sing. That's what. I, that's <laughs> what I say. Shut up and sing. I agree, but shut up and sing. Uh, go ahead. Anyway. So Jason Isbell's got an album coming out where the entire album is recorded in different studios. Okay. <clears throat> like all the none of the musicians stick together. Yeah. Because of COVID. Uh uh-huh, right. And and so they just came together. Well, I'm getting feedback. Are you getting feedback? I think you're 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 somebody's internet connection is not great. It might be mine because sure there's 20 good. people on it right now. It's, it's better now. You you still here? Yeah, I'm still here myself. You are? Yeah. Well, I don't know how that's happening. Do you need to hang up and call me back? Yeah, let's try that. All right. All right, we're back. Yeah, you there? Um. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Anyway, so the album was recorded in, in different studios. Yeah, and they were playing it for the first time together this week. Okay. And he's been running the documentary for it, and it's pretty cool. And then, so he's been sending me pictures and updates and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. And then this morning, he texted me at 11 a.m. He said, just got a last-minute call to document Kid Rock going from his house to receive an award for from Waffle House. What? <laughs> yeah, it's called the Legend Award. Yeah, and Kid Rock said to all the haters, "Game over. <laughs> I win." He said on the subject of award shows, "I've always said I'll tickle some balls, but I'm not sucking your dick." That's what he said on his like. Oh wow, well, acceptance speech. That's very on brand. God bless Kid Rock, man. American treasure. Just the, the albatross around our collective necks. Ba wada ba. What's what's your hype? Uh egg rolls. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I just love egg rolls, man. Had egg rolls last night. We got some Chinese food. Got some shrimp rolls because we're on that pescatarian thing, you know? Yeah. Uh I just love egg rolls. I, I could eat like 20 of them. I shouldn't because that would probably make me sick because they're very greasy. But uh, I love a, an egg roll. There is a wide range of quality of egg rolls, though. You get them when the oil's bad or like too old, they get, they're too uh, too soggy and gross. But when you get that fresh oil, it's crispy. 
I like to put the hot mustard on it. I don't like hot stuff, but I like that that Chinese hot mustard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, it's like a, it's almost like a horseradishy flavor to it, I guess. It's like a wasabi hot rather than like a. Yeah, it's a, a wasabi mustard. Yeah, um, I like to put that on there. I like to cut them in half, like a cutting a sandwich in half, you know. Because yeah. I like to eat out of the middle of the egg roll first, you know, <laughs> towards the the butt end, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love egg rolls. We I, one of my great regrets is that we had for a brief moment in time we had a uh, artisanal egg roll shop in town. What? Yeah, can you believe that it went out of business? Um, <laughs> in they, Wilmington? Yeah, they had. It was called. Uh, what was it called? It was called Rolls with a Z, which I think people thought it was like a sushi place. I said yeah. they should have called it uh, Get Your Roll On, big timer style, you know. They probably would have still been in business. They would have. They should listen to me. Get your roll on. Everybody get your roll on. Um, no, but they had, they did like, uh, Jesus. Whoa. Speaking whoa. of getting your roll on, um, the, uh, they had like, uh, you get a Philly cheesesteak egg roll there. I, how does that you even work? Get, you could get a, um, you could get like a, a cheesecake egg roll. You can get like sweet egg rolls, you know. What? How does a Philly, how does a Philly cheesesteak egg roll? It's just an egg roll with Philly cheesesteak. How big stuff is it? in it? Um, how? like a regular egg roll size. It's got some cut up, you know, beef. In cut up? Stuff. No cut up going on around here. I cut your little ass up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, alas, I never tried it, but they had all these specialty egg rolls. Like they had. Uh, anything you can think of they had like prime rib egg rolls like everything but i heard that they went out of business because they didn't really know how to cook egg rolls so my chef friend that went there to eat he was like yeah if you cook an egg roll the wrong way it just soaks all the grease up into the middle of it and then you Uh, wind up with this like gross like you know and uh yeah so he said that they were like cooking them like that and like overcooking them or something and it, they were just greasy mess but in theory still kind of upset that i didn't never tried it you know yeah true they do have a there's a there's an irish place near my house like a pub and they do a um a reuben egg roll so are you but are you have you been i uh, how many egg rolls have you eaten in my life no nah, this month just just i had Two last night and one today. That's perfectly reasonable. Now, do yeah. you think you're going to be running it back on a weekly? Nah, we do Chinese about once a month, you know? Yeah, but I mean, now that you're pescatarian, you know what I'm saying? Well, I do, I do specifically, out. I mean, I like all Chinese food, but I do specifically crave egg rolls a lot. So, uh, And there is another place in town that we get food from that has egg rolls. They're not a Chinese place, but they do. Uh, they have a Southwest egg roll. Uh-huh. It's got like the beans and the corn in it and stuff. Sure. So we might wind up getting some of those at some point in the month, but uh, yeah, I don't know. We we get Chinese about once a month. You're gonna be rolling, 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 <laughs> rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> See, there's so much you could have done with it. Get your roll on. <laughs> and they still spit. Man, it could. What could have been? What could we had it? Get this. Wilmington had an artisanal. Sloppy Joe place for a brief moment. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Yeah, exactly. I'm not. Sh- I'm not shitting you. 
It was in it was it was called <laughs> You're not going to believe this one. I tell you what it was called. You'll never <laughs> guess what it was called. I don't even want to try. And and me telling you what it's called is going to sound like I just made some shit up. I can't wait. It was called Sloppy Poppies. <laughs> Once again, it was called Sloppy Poppies. So presumably there was a poppy, and he was the one who uh, who founded this place. Did he have and- a reality television show on Netflix where he <laughs> flipped people's consignment clothes in bootleg Gucci? <laughs> Sloppy Bobby meets Sloppy Poppy. In the Isn't new, it Sloppy Robbie? Sloppy Robbie, yeah. Sloppy Robbie meets Sloppy Poppy in the the greatest mashup of the reality TV's ever seen. Coming to the greatest TVs. mashup, none of us were asking for. Man, I would love to have another season of of Sloppy's World. Please, please it, get us another season of Sloppy's World. It is the if listeners, if you haven't watched Sloppy's World on Netflix, I don't think we've talked about it on the show. It's, <laughs> no, we haven't. It definitely would have been our hype if we were recording during when it was out, it's, it's been like a year and a half, two years since it like hit. It's been long enough that when you bring it up, you know who the real fans are. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's about this dude who owns a retro store, like a retro clothing store. And he sells all these like bootleg Gucci and knockoff shit. And he is the most ridiculous human being you've ever seen in your life. I mean, he dresses in costumes every day, basically. Somebody, Somebody that's a producer for television just stumbled into his store one day, met him, and then like, 30 days later, they had a contract. Uh, yep. And he is like, I don't know that the man does drugs, but it seems like he's on cocaine all the time. He's on some drugs. He, and he is, it is just the most ridiculous shit. It's a great, it's perhaps the ultimate show for like when you're folding laundry or cooking dinner or just laying in bed, falling asleep. Cause it's just you don't really have to pay attention to it, but when when the when the big moments happen, you're like, whoa! I'm I'm the complete opposite. I, you want to focus I, I, on it? I, I, I gotta leave my phone down when I'm watching <laughs> that show. It's riveting. That's a phone off for you for that one. Yeah. You're taking notes on it and stuff. We should yeah. do that after we finish with the OC. We should do <laughs> Slobby's World. Um, yeah, Ninja T, you gotta watch the show if you haven't watched it. We tried. Ninja we T, told you Ninja T makes Slobby Robbie jokes. Yeah, I know. Oh, does he? No, I, yeah, he's he's the he's been texting us about Slobby's oh, yeah, world you're forever. Right. You're right, you're right. I thought that we had told him about that, but I guess he he had already seen it. Yeah, I think yeah, no, I think he yeah. made the joke first. You know, yeah. Um, God, yeah. But anyway, back to Sloppy Poppies. It was. <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> they had like they had like 15 different types of Sloppy Joes, which I didn't even think was possible. You know, it's not possible. I don't want there, one type. Of you know what there joe. is? You know what there is? There's a Sloppy Joe. Right. Well, and there's not 15. <laughs> well, I'm a spoiler alert. Sloppy Poppies lasted about two months <laughs> <laughs> and shut down. Yeah, they got horrible reviews constantly. But again, sorry that I didn't try it because I mean, was the, was the place too sloppy? It's just too sloppy. It's just a little too. The, the Joes were too sloppy for me. One star on Yelp. <laughs> I tried to eat these sandwiches and then it fell all over me. They're just, just, they just, you just put your hand out and they put a a, a ball of, <laughs> of soggy bread in it, and that's that's, that's what it is. That's the number fourteen. Yeah, yeah, it's just a ball of soggy bread with meat in it. 
You just fucking put your hand down and just ground beef through your fingers. <laughs> we got a bison version. Well, that one definitely falls apart. We scrape we scrape this one from the bottom of the grill. <laughs> it's a different kind of sloppy. Oh, man. oh, oh shit. Man. What's what's not the height? I, there is too much to list. I would be doing it a disservice if I just chose one. So. I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and say you're right let's move on <laughs> let's keep on going we're trying not to make this the death episode oh man i have that death episode somewhere i should release it finally fuck no don't release I that do shit. i should do it just to spite no. everybody i'm gonna start a patreon that we're gonna release that episode unless you pay us to not release it because <laughs> it will de- make you depressed um it was so depressing that we did not release it that's why, that's why why did we have that idea what was wrong it was, so, it was so depressing that we left recording that episode and each of us just sat in a corner for half a day pretty much i'm, I'm still upset over it i think my life hasn't just been the same since in my chair covered by a quilt yeah just just peeking out from underneath your quilt um well how about some hype still out you got some of that I'm so fucking scared about what's not the hype. I'm not even going hype still out. Okay, I got you. Fair enough. I have a pretty light hype still out. So wonderful. I can't wait to hear. Back that. to uh, my aquarium adventures, right? So I've been, uh, been, uh, you know, been. You're a breeder. I've got yeah, but th- th- dude, these fish have had more babies since I talked about it last time on the podcast. <laughs> more eyeballs have appeared. There's like <laughs> twenty sets of eyeballs in that tank. Um, luckily I found a local, um, aquarium group online and people on there all the time are like, Hey, I've got all these, uh, once they get big enough, I can, uh, people will, will, will want the babies, you know? So I can, if my tank gets overpopulated, I do, you, do you sell them or just give them away? I mean, I probably could sell them, but I don't, I don't, I don't particularly want to. So know? let me make sure I understand what you're saying. You're going to have some stranger off the internet who is a fish enthusiast come to your house with like a Ziploc bag. Oh, it's going to just... be porch pickup only. Right. Yeah. So I'm wait, gonna... porch pickup. Oh, you get, so you're going to, you're going to put a Ziploc bag full of some fish out on your porch yeah, on the and they're going to drive by and scoop it up. Mm-hmm. That's how it's going to work. My door will be locked. <laughs> your camera will be on. Yeah. My, uh, yeah, the ring doorbell sees it all. Um, no, but my hype's still out is that so I've been dealing with these um live plants, right? And it's kind of uh-huh. been, I, I've tried to do live plants one other time in the aquarium and it didn't work very well. But I've learned more this time. But I found out I have all these different I bought this like variety pack of these live plants. And um one of them I was planting it directly in the soil and I finally this week read that like you're not supposed to do that with this type of plant and that's why it's uh-huh. not been doing well. So I dug it up and it's actually doing much better that I've dug it up. But it's super weird, man. The more I learn about plants, the more I just wonder why they haven't taken over the world and gotten rid of us. Because it is wild. This plant reproduces itself from, you know, most plants, like if it grows more plant, it would grow it out of the bottom, right? Yeah. As it spreads. This plant grows, it reproduces itself by cloning itself at the tip of its leaves. So each leaf has these little little you know martian leaves looking coming out of it and then those break off and then land and there is a whole new plant wow so i I don't trust this plant anymore 
<laughs> I'm keeping an eye on it. That's the, that's what the hype's still out is. I don't know if it's going to try to kill me or something, but um, I, give I, it a year. Apparently, this type of plant, uh, you can you can make it attached to a rock because it it doesn't want to grow in the ground. It wants to grow like on a rock because it has these little like the roots are like little tentacles almost. You know, which even more yeah. terrifying. So I've like rubber banded it to this rock. You know, because apparently in a couple weeks it's going to be like growing out of this rock. Um, so that's I'm hoping that it'll work. Because that's what my life has come down to. I'm excited about plants in an aquarium. <laughs> that's what I look forward to. I'm just a simple plant farmer now. Just an aquarium plant. Just an aquarium plant farmer yeah. now. I put my overalls on every morning and go check the <laughs> check the fields. It ain't much, but it's honest work. It's honest work. <laughs> I'm going to read you an email. Okay. My neighborhood email. Yeah. The title is Loose Cats. Okay. <laughs> I'm in. Dear neighbors, over the last few days, since I have put up my bird feeders for migrating birds, which I do each spring and fall, I have had a couple of cats visit my patio to wait and pounce on birds using the feeders and water baths on the patio. They have been black and white, a black and white cat, and today a large gray cat. Please keep your cats indoors or at least do whatever you need to do to keep them from my yard. I work hard to attract birds and don't appreciate spending lots of money on seed and effort gardening to attract birds, only to find them being killed by someone else's cats. You wouldn't allow your dogs to do this. Please, cat owners, extend the same courtesy to your neighbors, not to mention the, the world. Three billion birds have been lost in the last 40 years exclusively to domestic cats, which are an introduced, not natural, species. Thank you for your consideration. Where are they getting this statistics from? <laughs> That's what I want to know. How, how, how do you, how, who's been keeping 40 years worth of data on how many birds are killed in America every year by cats? And how would they you know want, that? You how the, do you know those you numbers? Want, you want the, uh, a reply? What? I appreciate so-and-so's plea for keeping her feeders and gardens open for our avian population. I love birds and have a bird feeder in our kitchen window, which my indoor kitty patrols on a daily basis. I do hope in this area of predators, coyotes, raccoons, foxes, etc., that all kitty owners will keep them as indoor pets. They love windows and soft spots as well as scratching toys. It's not hard to acclimate them to being happy in a house. We've recently had some missing kitties. Most have escaped when owners have done everything to prevent it. I've been there. I still grieve over my Monty, who was killed by a coyote eight years ago. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hadn't read this email yet. Oh, this is, took a dark turn. My plea is to bring your outdoor kitties inside and help them adjust to a safer life. Enjoy the process and do what will save them from other beloved wild critters. Thanks for listening. Both of these people seem like they think no one else knows has ever encountered a cat before. <laughs> like they're explaining to people, wow, you know, you know, cats, they're like little furry things that. <laughs> I don't know if you know that they're not natural. They're not there. They're introduced. They're an what? invasive species. Yeah. Three the, billion birds. Three billion birds. What? What? 
Uh, or four, what'd you say? 40 billion birds? 40 billion <laughs> birds. That's, I mean, I can't argue with that. Uh, Nobody I, can. I've got a solution to the problem. Put out cat feeders instead. <laughs> just, <laughs> that's just, what just, birds uh, are. That's what I tell people about. The people are like, squirrels are getting into my, and I'm like, just make it a squirrel feeder. Then you've got, you've <laughs> solved the problem. The birds will find stuff to eat. Squirrel got to eat too. Also, loose loose cats is the name of my indie band that I'm starting once uh, COVID ends. So, that, what is that? Shoegaze? Le- yeah, loose cats. It's uh, shoegaze. Shoegaze post punk. You know, a little bit of both. It's mostly electronic. It's <laughs> just of, you on a mixer, Jackie it's, singing. It's just me um, recording loops of my voice. Making various it, cat sounds. Interrupted by cat sounds. Yeah. 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 It's got a Meow the Jewels vibe. Yeah, but... exactly. But more true. Like, not not, not a meme. More of a honest. No, it's not a joke. It's not it's, a joke. It's, yeah. Loose Cats. Loose Cats. That's the name of the episode, Loose Cats. There you go. King Philip comes over for good sex. <laughs> what you been consuming? Uh, two Two recordings. Um, uh, well, the one that I'll focus on is, uh, another, so the, his golden messenger, um, that front man for that band, MC Taylor, at the very beginning of the pandemic, he released a, um, a live show from the cat's cradle there in, uh, yeah, it's like Raleigh, uh, Durham, Chapel Hill. Yeah, right? not, not yeah. far from where I live. Yeah. A hundred percent of the proceeds went to this, um, nonprofit um, called the Durham City Schools Project, mm-hmm. uh, where the money goes to, you know, well, the project immediately when all the schools shut down was to get the kids that were on free and reduced lunch meals. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, time has passed. You know, six months has fucking passed. And, yeah. and so he's done another release of live recorded songs only the the first one which was called forward children was one show in the cat's cradle Mm -hmm. this is a collection of songs from a variety of shows and it was released on Bandcamp last friday where you could pay and like Bandcamp friday was like 100 percent of proceeds went to the durham city schools fund um and but today because we're recording on a friday it went to all the major streaming services. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, now you can just listen to it without having paid for it if you have Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. And it's a really good recording, um, or at least it's got a lot of good songs on it, and none of them are repeats from, uh, you know, the the previous release. And there's a three-song run on it that if you, if you, you want to know what the vibe is at a fucking His Golden Messenger show, go down to track five starts this three song run. The first song is called bright direction. And then it's called down at the uptown. And then the third song is like a miller, like a mirror loves a hammer. And, um, I, I haven't been able to stop listening to that, you know, that quote unquote album <clears throat> since it came out all week. And the only time that I've interrupted myself from listening to it is listening to a recording from Phil cook, who is in <laughs> The his golden messenger band but also has his own solo recording mm-hmm. uh career and during covid he's been releasing 
entire live sets of his own concerts and he calls them from the kitchen and they're you know different sets from different cities and stuff and the most recent one just came out on the same friday that the other one came out on and it's just really fun to like some of the moments from the his golden messenger release um that are really special and really fun feature phil cook either playing harmonica or guitar or piano and then you, it's like a, a nice chaser to go from that, which is a little bit more of a full sound to something a little bit more stripped down, which is just this Phil Cook set where he's got a band, but his his sound is a, just different enough to know that it's like a, a whole different thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, I've been going back and forth between those two for the whole week. What about you? Uh yeah, I need to get I need to check out more of that stuff. There's like I think on the IOLTOS playlist, there's a His Golden Messenger song, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, Jackie listens to that a lot when we cook dinner. So that's and I like the song that's on there. I just haven't gotten to that. I mean, you've talked about it on the show a bunch, but I need to to get into. Yeah, I put one song on there. Um, well, no, I think I've put more than one, but one that's popping up called Southern Grammar, which is... Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <clears throat> that's my favorite song of theirs. Yeah, I, I like that. Every time it comes on, I'm like, what is that? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's 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 that. I'm going to put <clears throat> Like a Mirror Loves a Hammer on this playlist. Okay. Because it's, it, is, it is a fucking groove, man. Yeah. It's so much fun. The bassist from that band um, and... And Phil Cook, who's on like keyboard, but it sounds like an organ. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going back and forth on that song, and cool. just kind of passing it back and forth to each other. Like the, you know, it's really, it's really fun. I, I think you'll enjoy it, especially well, if you're cooking. Like it's great for doing something else, you know. Yeah, the, the um, that's the way to get me to listen to something if I, because I'll keep forgetting about it. But it, that playlist gets played in my house quite a bit. So, um, if you put it on there, I'm going to hear it. We, yeah, we for sure. All the time. Also, listeners, if you haven't checked out the IOLTOS playlist on Spotify, you can find it, I think, just by searching it up, IOLTOS. And uh, also, I usually put it in the show notes, so if you want to link to it. Sweet. Um, I had a little throwback, and I, I think you were on this album back in the day. It's one that Speed Eddie reminded me of this week. Um, cause we used to listen to it back when we were doing lunch video magazine and, and all that, the, the, the kayak video stuff, but it's a uh, Micah P Henson. Mm. Do you remember mm. Micah P Henson? Dude, I was listening to him. Like, I don't know, maybe two months ago. Were you really? I had totally yeah, forgot. The just left. You left behind. You introduced me to him. Yeah. Like forever ago. It was, well, Spencer speed Diddy introduced me to him. And then we saw the guy in the airport one time and Spencer's like, that's Micah P Henson. I was like, no, it's not. And then it turned out it was him. Um, and that was right around the time we were listening to it a lot because we had some we were we had the rights to some of his music to use it in those videos. So no shit. Um, I, I was particularly the album that I like of his is Michael P, Micah P Henson and the Gospel of Progress. I don't okay. know when it was originally released. I think probably two thousand five or something. But it's uh it's on Spotify and uh, every every song on that album is just really good. Um, for me, I think it's. Uh, Michael P. Henson presents the Holy Strangers. Yeah, that's the other one I listened to quite a bit. I think it's got the like a portrait of him on the front. Yeah, it does. And yeah. the baby, the baby in the satellite. That's the one that you and I got onto. Ah, uh, yeah, that's the that's the one that we first listened to. Yeah, that was that yeah. says 2006. 
So I imagine I'm I'm putting the dreams you left behind on the fucking on the playlist right yeah. now. Do that. I might put one of these songs from uh I love that people are just gonna be listening to us adding to the playlist. Yeah, that's good. He's just, he, <laughs> this is just a playlist of us adding stuff to playlists. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I got into that again. Spencer's Spence just been kind of going down memory lane with some of the old kayak video music, and so he'll just send me a, a screenshot of an album, and I'm like, man, I forgot about that. I haven't listened to that since we were, you know, for years. So, um, yeah, so I've been listening to that, and then, um watch been watching more doom patrol damn that show is good um i just really like it it's on hbo by the way um i talked about it last week but it is um it has almost made me cry a couple times and it it, it is the weirdest like there was an episode the episode i watched the other night they accidentally released a bunch of uh butts with teeth into the world like so imagine like a hundred butts with legs, just butts, like not attached to a body, just butts with legs, and okay. in the butt crack is the teeth. So that's how ridiculous the show is. But okay. then it is so the characters are so tragic, and the things that they've they've all like had a horrible like experience and had a really rough life. It it the show goes from butts running around to making me almost cry because this guy who's who's just a brain and a robot is sad about his his daughter. You know, it is intense. It's such a weird show, but I love it and the acting's great in it. And Brendan Fraser's just really good in it. Um, also, one of the the women from uh, Orange Is the New Black is in it. Okay, I can't remember who she played on Orange Is the New Black, but. Um, you know the girl with the the teardrop tattoo. Um, in that show, I don't know if you watched that show or not. I watched the first season. Of okay, it. it's it was her friend that those two hung out all the time. But she's she plays uh, Crazy Jane in it, and it's, it's just really good. Okay. Um, and then you hyped me on that. Uh, Can't buy me love is on uh, HBO. Oh yeah! Called Hell me. yeah! I, I I didn't see that you called, and then I saw. Oh, you left me a message, and, I, and he, you said that, and I haven't watched it yet. But that was one of our that was one of our movies of the summer. One summer, great, and so I'm looking forward to watching that at some point soon. Jackie's watching yeah. like Jackie's doing 30 days or 31 days of horror movies, so it's probably going to be next month before I watch it. But man, I don't know about that. Well, you know, you're not just tell her. Just tell her, "Can't buy me love" is a horror it's movie. It's a horror movie. It's scary. Well, it's not. I mean, it is it's great. So uh, she likes the Ronald McDonald likes, Miller scam. She likes Seth Green. He's in that, isn't he? Yeah, he is. This is his first role, I think. Young Seth yeah, Green, very young Seth Green, <laughs> hiding hiding in the back of his father's station wagon, seeing what his brother Ronald is doing, and the big blonde. <laughs> Football player guy farts in the back of the window. <laughs> yeah, Seth Green gets sick. Great. Great. I have one that. more consuming that okay. I, I forgot about. Yeah, and I only bring this up, in fact, because you triggered my memory by talking about Micah P. Henson, and we have both been through this before, where there are certain bands that align with certain seasons out of the year. Yes, and um. 
<clears throat> one of the one of uh, the people that trains at the club, one of the weightlifters at the club, she agrees with me on this band being like an autumn band. Mm-hmm. And just um, this past week, and I guess this is kind of my hype still out. I this week was the first of four weeks for sure where I am opening the gym extra early on Thursday mornings mm-hmm. at like six in the morning. Yeah, to get one more session in for people to see if it relieve some of the traffic in the evenings yeah and um <clears throat> so there were six people there at six fifteen in the morning and this other person who loves this band the same way you and i do was there and everybody else that was there didn't they're nobody <laughs> that really cares too much about what music i play or whatever yeah and i put on the lonesome crowded west and turned it to just about max volume and yeah. played it from beginning to end and i was daggered at how many of the lines i remember just immediately oh, i was yeah. just fucking shouting that whole album the whole time yeah that um yeah uh, dear listeners it's obviously modest mouse modest mouse's uh classic album the lonesome crowded west that is the only modest mouse album i have on vinyl actually it's not my favorite one, but I think it might be the best one to listen all the way through. So that's Perhaps. a great question. What's their best album and what's your favorite album? Um, I think that the moon in Antarctica is probably their best album. Um, it came after that, right? It did. Yeah. So I think that lonesome crowded West is like, uh, sort of the lead up to that. And then I think that, the moon in Antarctica kind of distills that energy that they had from, from those early albums, you know? Um, and I mean, they had the first, it. I think, yeah, no, the, the lonesome crowd of West was their first album. Was it? 97. Yeah. And then no, 96 was, uh, this is a long drive for someone with nothing to think about. Yeah. Um, and then lonesome crowd of West and then building nothing out of something, but in the same year, that's when the moon in Antarctica came out. Yeah, I think that the Moon in Antarctica is just like streamlined and like just a perfect album, you know. And the Lonesome Crowd of West is close to that, but it's a little bit more bloated, I guess. Um, my favorite album by theirs is Building Nothing Out of Something, but that album is just not really an album. It's more of it's a collection of all their uh, their like seven inches and singles and stuff that didn't make it onto an album. Yeah, but that's my favorite because it has like <laughs> never any math equation and, and uh, Baby Blue Sedan. Gray ice water. Yeah, when and my favorite song by them is "Whenever You Breathe Out, I Breathe In Positive Negative." Um, yeah, but, and and broke is on that. God, that's a fucking strong collection. Other people's lives, really good. And I mean, to be honest with you, I think I'm not mad at people who say good news for people love bad news is like their best album because that album is still really really good despite how you know like how kind of played out it got. Uh, I think there is an argument that that's their best album. It's definitely like their most refined. Like they got really refined on that album. They caught shit for it, kind of. But like, it is a great album, and I think that like it it stands on its own as just this great piece of like polished Modest Mouse. And then after that, they kind of went back to kind of unpolishing it a little bit. I think in the subsequent yeah. stuff, it is fantastic. I would not argue with anybody that said that was their best album. You know, um, yeah, and uh. I don't know, but I think that that Moon and Iron Arc album just has like the classic Modest Mouse songs that I think that that's the album I'd probably play for somebody if they never heard them before. 
That was what uh, I remember hearing them for the first time ever on the hiking lodge porch. Hey, we were all okay. So for those that don't have this history, when Joey and I worked at the same summer camp, there was one cabin that was removed from all the residential area of the camp, not so distant that it wasn't, it was inconvenient to get to. It was close enough to, that it was convenient to walk to it. And it was on the top of a hill and it had a front porch and it was overlooking most of the camp. And on that porch, there was this like, I don't know, 175 year old couch, yeah. maybe 180 years. Yeah. I don't know. And a couple of chairs. And you know, what you do at a summer camp is you just sit around and hang out at night, you know, yeah. and Shoot the shit. I remember yeah. the, the first time, like the, it was like the beginning of boys camp when we were sitting on the porch of that, that cabin and somebody put on the moon in Antarctica and they were like, have you ever listened to modest mouse? And my first reaction was like, that's a dumb name. I'm not going <laughs> to like this band. Yeah. And I think I was maybe 21 years old, you know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe 22 and kind of nearing the edge of the first wave of being open to music. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of closed down from like 23 to 27 where I was like, I I've already listened to everything. I know what I like. I'm not going to listen to anything yeah. new. And, um, and so I was resistant to the idea of a new band and I was resistant, resistant to the name and he just hit play on it. And it wasn't foreground music. It was background music, but it was foreground enough where I was like, Jesus Christ, this band fucks, you know, yeah, like this is really yeah. good by the end of the album. And man, I think I've seen them like, you know, six times since. Like, I, Yeah, I think I have too. Uh, probably about as many times. It, it got really uncool to like them. Yeah, it did. <clears throat> and but to be honest, the I'm last not, time I, I saw them, they were a little bit like, okay, this is a little over the top for my taste, but yeah. Um, yeah, they are definitely like in my favorites of all time, you know. And that that's a I'm cool story I'm telling you that. right now, I'm putting on building nothing out of something tomorrow morning. So many good tracks on that. I mean, there's a reason that there were a bunch of B sides that were like really good B sides, you know. Um, the first time I ever heard Modest Mouse was our friend Adam, who worked for Emergent Research, was the kayak accessory company, was you know spent speed Eddie reps for them, and we were. It's when we were traveling doing kayak competitions and we stopped in uh Richmond, Virginia. And we yeah. went to I think Plan Nine Records, which is this real famous record store there, indie record shop. And Spencer was like, We gotta buy a bunch of Maldus Mouse albums. And so because he's like, I heard these guys were good, Adam said they're good, and I'm like, I'd never heard of them before. And so he bought uh he bought Moon in Antarctica and the Lonesome Crowded West. So the first time I ever heard them was we listened to the Lonesome Crowded West as we were going through Washington, DC. And I remember being stuck in traffic and just like listening to uh, like teeth, like God's shoe shine or whatever. And just being like, holy shit, this is awesome. Um, I named a kayak trick, the orange Julius, because he talks about having an orange Julius in that song. I think. Yeah. Let's all have another orange, orange Julius. Julius. Yeah. <laughs> so I named this, this stupid trick that I did in the ocean, the, the orange Julius. Um, yeah. So that, that I have like really good <clears throat> memories attached to that. And it is another, we were traveling in the fall. So that's, I think that's why for me it was, it's kind of attached to that. Um, yeah. I, um, I remember another, one other thing, like I had, um, I think it was the Lonesome Crowd of West. Yeah. It was the Lonesome Crowd of West. So I took a road trip with a friend of mine from college and on the way on the way, it wasn't that big of a road trip. It was from Philadelphia to somewhere in New Jersey, but it was like a four-hour drive for us. Yeah. And on and he was like 
you know, he considered himself to be kind of big into music. He liked a lot of different stuff. And I was like, you ever listen to Miles Mouse? He was like, I don't know, kind of maybe. And I put on Lonesome Crowd of West and there's some jams, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Later on mm-hmm. where they, they take it for a walk. They're going for, you know, seven, eight minutes, whatever. Yeah. And um, he was blown away. He was like, I, I've never heard him play like this before. Like, this is a whole new experience for me. And then on the drive back, he said, okay, it's my turn. And he played a band that I'd never heard before, which was Explosions in the Sky. Oh, yeah. And that wound up being a real big, big. It was big. So get this shit. Get this. Get this. Get this. He plays this fucking album for me. And we don't say anything for the drive. Like while the album's playing, right? The whole fucking album. We don't say a word. We just listen to it. I'm floored. I'm like really in on it. And then we get back to college and I'm living in a dorm room by myself. Yeah. And it was like. I was like Sunday night, you know, had like a long weekend, whatever. I, I get back and I there was a movie that I really wanted to go see because I had read the book and I drove to the movie theater by myself and I sat down in the movie and Explosions in the Sky did the score for the movie. It was, it was called Friday Night Lights. Oh, I didn't know they did the score for that. They did the score for fucking Friday they, Night So they Lies. wrote the score for it, or they just used their music? I think it? they I think they just used all their songs okay. as, like... Because they're, they're all instrumental anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was the... You know, I mean, it was yeah, right it was before Explosions in the Sky had whatever marginal success they had, you know? I thought you were going to say The Cat in the Hat, but... Because <laughs> I knew you read that book, too. It was just nuts, because I was, like, eagerly anticipating that movie, and I really, really... I really enjoyed that movie. A lot of it was because I was by myself and I was really invested in that story and and that culture, you know, like it was fascinating to me. And yeah, I think the movie, like the TV show is good. Um, You know, it's great. It's a great TV show, but that fucking movie is so good in my opinion. And, um, and the fact that the timing of it all, that I was by myself and I had just heard that band for the first time and I was watching this movie, you know, like it was yeah, just, it, it seared into my yeah. spirit of like, I will always be a fan of this band, no yeah. matter what. I saw that Explosion in the Sky just had a 20th anniversary of one of their albums or something. Yeah. They did a, there's something on Facebook that got shared around that I was seeing. Um, I don't know. If yeah, about one of the teachers. Yeah, it was, I guess it's their like one of their biggest albums or something. Um, it was um, I th- oh, what was it? It was a it was a How Strange Innocence. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, which is a song that has like <clears throat> it has some of some songs that were relatively popular. I mean, their biggest I think is The Earth Is Not a Cold Dead Place, which is has Your Hand in Mine, which is a song that everybody uses. Yeah, you know? everything. Um, yeah. You know friend of the show right our friend ryan cox yeah he's friends with the drummer is he really yeah that doesn't surprise me ryan's yeah. too cool for us so. he is too cool yeah. for us the yeah the drummer was at his wedding oh wow yeah whatever fuck him <laughs> well i had plans to go i was gonna go to one of the tour stops yeah for that 20th anniversary but that got shit on my COVID stuff. Yeah. It got shit on. Yeah, I was going to stay with Ryan and we were going to go to the show together oh, in Kansas man. City. You probably would have gotten to meet him. Definitely would have gotten to meet yeah. him. But oh, well. Well, what, what could have been? What was I going to say to him anyway? Yeah. 
Um, so another consuming. I, I won't. I won't make this part long. But we watched uh, Alien Three the other night. Yeah. That movie is. It makes me angry. That okay. movie is such a pile of shit. There's so many movies that make you angry. Like that movie's so bad that that there used to be like two other great alien films that existed, but when that film came out, it erased those from existence. That's how bad it is. It is a pile of trash. And I read that it got nominated for an Academy Award for its special effects. And the special effects are so bad. I'm like, Alien came, the original Alien came out in 1979, right? And the effects are amazing in it. It's like a real alien. It's scary as shit. I'm like, how? This Alien 3 came out in 93. I'm like, how? More than, you know, a decade later, almost 15 years later, how did you have worse special effects in this? Um, also just this, it's just a shitty story and terribly written and awful acting and just everything's fucking garbage about it, you know? And oh, I, yeah. I watched it w- when I was younger and I hated it then, but then Jackie wants to see all the alien movies. So I was like, this one's not very good. And she's Jackie like, needs to let go of this whole completist culture that she's on. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Um, I, I kind of wanted her to see it just to see, just to watch. I get to watch her like legitimately scared about the alien bursting out in the first movie. Cause we went to see it in the theater and she didn't know that that was coming. So that okay. was like a cool moment, you know, cause you, most people know about that just from like Saturday night live skits and stuff. You know, if you've never seen alien, usually you know that that, that moment's coming, but she yeah. was scared by it. But then in turn, I also got rewarded by seeing the light go out in her eyes as she watched the shitty third one. <laughs> and saw what they did to shit on the storyline and make the second movie completely irrelevant. So that was also worth it. Um, anyway, I won't belabor the point on that, but I posted on Facebook, as I often do, that you know, Alien 3 is one of the worst movies of all time. I hated it. It's a pile of trash. And I have this one friend that's a reply guy, and I love him to death. He's a good dude. But he's always got to have some contrarian thing to say about some shit when I say something like that. And a lot of times people come to my Facebook and think that I want to debate shit. No. <laughs> I don't. I'm giving you my opinion. My, I, what I say is correct. And th- I don't want to argue. Because there is no argument. I'm right. You're wrong. But these motherfuckers still step to me. Of course, here he comes. you know, And he's like, oh, actually, that movie. Blah, 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 blah. And then he does it. He posts a link to, uh, what is it called? What is that? It's not Vice. Vox. He likes, posts a Vox think piece. Okay. Entitled, Alien 3 is not a bad movie. In fact, it's brilliant. Right? And he's always got something like that to post, you know? And so I replied, I said, I think that I could say any shitty movie I could think of any shitty movie and look up on Vox and it would have some article that said, you know, this movie that's really shitty. It's actually a masterpiece. (laughs) You know, I think that goes for everything. That's what, that's what they do. They post think pieces on things like that, you know? And he was like, he was basically like touche. Uh, I got him, you know? Um, (laughs) Like, it's just really frustrating. I'm like, do you know this thing that's like, that you hate actually you're wrong because it is the greatest thing ever ugh gross 
anyway, that was my other consuming. So awesome. You said I'm not going to spend a lot of time. And then I spent uh, a lot of oh time. Oh my God. So no, it doesn't matter. Somebody else just replied to the, the cat email. Oh no. It doesn't say anything relevant. Nothing cool. No. no um, it's just like, yeah, I agree. Keep your cats inside. Also, yeah. what's a cat? What is a cat? Tell me more about these cats. Tell me more about what they're like. So if I see one, I'll know what it is. You should get a cats cat. Are, actually, cats aren't bad. They're the most well, brilliant. Movie yeah, there's probably, movie. you should just post the Vox think piece on why cats killing birds is a good thing. <laughs> um, you should get a cat costume and just like creep around their house. I definitely should just peek around the corner and just be just out there. Go just, bathe in that in that in that bird bath. Just go lay lay on your back underneath the bird feeder. Just <laughs> put your paws up. I mean, fuck, fuck these neighbors. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. So we ready to get to the good part of the show? If you're not watching the OC, get the fuck out. Welcome to the OC, bitch. So this episode is episode 12 of season one, and it is called The Secret. Um, and this episode, as uh, the title suggests, deals with some secrets. Um, I would say there's two major plot lines here. Okay. And I'll just okay. That. Interesting, because I think there's three. Okay. Well, if I the one that I have missed, we will, uh, <laughs> we will I'll let you jump in. There's uh-huh. this frenemies thing going on, okay, where Summer and Anna, who have been scorned by Seth, team up and are friends with each other surprisingly right you wouldn't think they'd be friends but they're friends much to Seth's sh- chagrin and then we also have julie and uh kirsten joining forces in a way um it's kind of bonding over rumors being flown around um so these unlikely friendships it's point it's uh uh punctuated by this song we used to be friends that's uh one of the the, the memorable songs on the OC soundtrack. I don't know who that's by, but um, then the other major storyline is the, the situation with uh, Luke and Ryan having to do a paper together. Uh, it's an, another odd couple. I guess this is another another weird frenemies thing. But they're paired up to have to do a school paper, and a secret comes out about Luke's dad. And much of the episode is to do with if someone told uh, the rest of the world about this secret or kept it a secret. Um, and that, that's what I think of the major plot points. But what are you? Uh, that's interesting. Was, why? <clears throat> well, I think that the A story is. Well, I don't know if it's the A story or not. The two main stories, I would say, is Luke and Ryan and the fallout there. Mm hmm. And Summer and Anna and Seth. But I'd say that the third one that carries kind of some weight throughout the episode is Kirsten, Sandy, and Jimmy. Yes, because Jimmy reveals to Sandy that he kissed or, well, he kissed, he tried to kiss Kirsten. And uh, he assumed that Kirsten had told Sandy that. And so obviously Sandy was upset about that. Um, so yeah. that that's another that's the other secret in the episode, um, and it, it causes tension, rightfully so, between you know Sandy and Kirsten, and they've already had and a I bunch guess, of tension. I, so. I guess that I don't really put. I mean, you're right technically that Kirsten and Julie 
have the frenemies thing happen, but it doesn't happen until the third act of the episode. Right, but it's just another pairing of of uh, odd. It's another odd couple pairing, you know. Of no, totally, to- yeah. I totally agree. It's that's it's one of the themes of the episode, I guess, is that people that you would not think join forces, join forces together. Yeah, and I do like. <clears throat> I mean, I have been waiting for this episode the whole season. This is one of my favorite episodes, Why or is it at your least favorite? not this episode, but next episode as a result of this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I had written as, what do we even say about this episode? Like, I, what is there to say? I've known it's coming all along, but I still wasn't prepared. Yeah. Um, um, so I guess we should just go ahead and deal with the, 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 big, the big secret with Luke is that Luke finds out that his dad has been having an affair on his mom, and uh, surprise, surprise, it is with a man. Right? Right. And I, I just want to go ahead and say, like, this would be probably handled differently if it was made today well that's what i wanted to ask you the question i have for you is is it problematic the way they've presented luke's dad uh having this homosexual affair i don't think the way luke's dad is portrayed or any of luke's dad's lines or behavior is wrong right I think that the jokes that come at the expense of Luke, the jokes that come at the expense of Luke's dad, specifically from Seth, yes, are way problematic. Well, um, Seth's jokes are inappropriate. I would also say that this is probably how a heterosexual male, particularly at that time of that age, would react to this news of the high school bully's father being homosexual. I mean, I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that no, it, it is a very not. natural, it's shitty, but it's very natural reaction. You know, I don't know if it happens today though. I don't it, know that it's the same. It doesn't carry the same cultural weight today. I hope that it wouldn't because I would hope that people as a society, we have become more tolerant to that sort of thing, you know, but I mean, we're, uh, we're, I mean, we're kind of old now. Yeah, we are. And I just don't think it's a big deal for 18 year olds. Or 16-year-olds, as they're supposed to be in this episode. Like I said, I would hope not. But I do think it's relevant. I do think at the time, I know that if when I was in high school, there would have been reactions like that, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, More or more so. There's always going to be reactions like that because some people are just going to be ignorant. But um, more so, it would be more normalized, I guess. Um, The fear of being gay is just so overwhelming in this episode. Like the hard F-bomb on the baseball field from the other guys that just like appeared out of nowhere and beat up Luke because his dad's gay. Like that that was absurd to me. I was like, what is this even – what is going on here? And then, I mean, I did like – in that moment that we had Luke and Ryan back at it again, but instead of swapping punches with each other, they they both – you know, they both punched – those guys that were being antagonistic toward them. And I, I'm kind of jumping, you know, jumping ahead a little bit, but it's because it's in that it was really, it was right before that moment where Seth was like at the dinner table, mm-hmm. making fun of Luke's dad. And it was like his big gay dad. Like, I was like, what Seth? Like Whoa, be better yeah. dude. You but know? to be fair, Sandy does kind of shut that down. Right. So he, he tells yeah. Seth to cut it out, you know? Um, yeah. Probably not harshly as he should have. He doesn't really say why, Seth shouldn't be speaking that way, but the the more problem that I had with it was that le- more so than the jokes or whatever, um, the 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 you know the ill ill informed jokes was that uh, is it a problem that it is supposed to be shocking? The shocking thing is that 
Luke's dad is homosexual. You know, well, I think that's the the episode. The episode does it on two fronts, right? right? On the one hand, it would be shocking because the guy has been married obviously for over 20 years and has three kids with his wife. Right. So it's a shock that he would be, you know, that he would carry on that facade for so long. It's it's shocking that anyone would do that. Right. And and I think it's okay to be shocked by that. Like just that, you know, yeah. But the fact that like, it's such a scandal that he's gay, they they, they, the second layer to it, which is just like, whatever, but they, they just lean into it a little too hard. I think they wouldn't have done it that hard. I mean, it would be shocking. And it, and I think that it would be more shocking. I, maybe that's just because of my upbringing or whatever. It would be more shocking to find out that someone I knew's parrot was gay than if they had a, a, a heterosexual, you know, or, you know, if I don't know what I'm saying. I, I think you know what, what I mean? you're saying like, is any affair is going to be shocking. It would be shocking that one person was living a lie for so long. Right. That, that, that regardless, it could be flipped the other way if it was, it, it, you know, but yes, that, that would be the shocking thing is that yeah. you, you thought that they so were this the, person I mean, or whatever. It did, you know, the funny or not funny, <laughs> but like, I thought that the, one of the good parts of this whole storyline itself was Luke's dad was like, the, the the you know the kind of like the thing that Sandy had to say to Luke's dad at the end when Luke's dad was like I'm just gonna leave like no 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 don't do that like you've been there like yeah. and Ryan talking about like Luke's dad saying well at least he was there like yeah. he, he loves his kids he loves his wife he loves his family he's just you know he's just gay you know like okay dude like chill, you know but he didn't have any of the stereotypical you know soap opera kind of like media narrative behavior patterns of what the media wants gay people to act like. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was no jokes at his expense, but based on how he portrayed the character. Yeah. Uh, they, and there was that. the normal, and like, was, yeah. You know. And, and, and they, I think they did right by him in the end. Like Luke accepts him in the end, you know? And, and this is a hard thing for Luke, you know, cause it's his family getting ripped apart. And then also this pressure of like, he's the popular guy. And in, in his world, his dad being gay is like the, the worst thing that could happen to him, you know? Well, partially because so, most of Luke's snipes at Seth have, have been, been yeah. homophobic, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so he's had, you know, he's obviously got this, and, and it was of the time, this identity of this masculine, hyper-masculine athlete jock, you yeah. know, you, you know, that's, that becomes the, the other is yeah. effeminate, uh-huh. right? And, um, and so we can at least kind of like have some compassion for Luke who has built this narrative of his life and his, who he is and whatnot. And all of a sudden, like it's become compromised because his dad's gay. And, um, and what we're, what I, the reason I was looking forward to this episode so much is because it sets up what's going to be coming, but we get yeah. teased. I'm not spoiling anything because we get kind of teased of what's coming at the end of the episode where, Ryan and Marissa show up for Luke to be his friend. Yeah, you know? they do. And, yeah. and the very next day when they go back to school, like Luke is with Seth and Marissa and Ryan. Uh-huh. And he says like, so this is what it's like. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and we're about to get like what you and I have wanted for so long is like good Luke. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. yeah. Friend, friend Luke. And I want friend Luke so desperately. <laughs> Yeah, um, he's had glimmers of that in the past. Like Luke is not a bad guy; he's done bad things, 
but he's not a bad guy. And he finally gets to see like, oh, I'm on the other side of this now. I'm the one who did the bullying, and now I'm the one who's going to get bullied. And so I have to take my medicine, and, and you know, this is what it is. And uh, it was, I was, It's so good when he says, so maybe I should just go to the beach and surf all day. And yeah. then Ryan's like, no, I'm still the kid from Chino. And yeah. Marissa, I'm still the girl that OD'd in Tijuana. And Seth goes, I'm still... Me. Seth Cohen, yeah, totally. Um, it, it and one of the other plot lines in this is that Ryan Ryan is the only person who knows Luke's secret, Luke's dad's secret, or the secret about Luke's dad for a while. Um, and he tells Marissa, right? Um, yep. it, so we we we're playing on these themes again of like Ryan is struggling with trusting anybody, and Marissa's like, you need to trust me. So he trusts her and then word comes out and it's not Marissa's fault. She's not the one who told everybody someone else, you know, we have this other, you know, these other characters, the, the noopsies, the, the horrible people who, who gossip in the, the gym, um, saying horrible things. And they're the ones who are spreading this rumor or the, the, you know, that they've found out this secret about Luke's dad, but, uh, Luke gets mad at Ryan for spilling the beans. And then Ryan gets mad at Marissa because he, he, doesn't trust her again, you know? And so every time he doesn't trust her, he kind of gets bit, you know? Yep. Um, and he gets bit on this because he is, he's kind of an asshole to her over it. You know, he's upset and he, and he doesn't, he says she doesn't believe her when she says she hasn't told anyone. And then in the end, it comes out that Luke finds out that, Oh, it wasn't Ryan's fault. And, and they kind of like wrap all this up, but it's another like learning moment for Ryan that, Hey, I've got to trust somebody here, you know? I've got sure. to start trusting people here. Um, I I will I would say that if I were in Ryan's position, I'd probably be a little bit of an asshole about it too, because Ryan's not just upset, like that maybe he couldn't trust Marissa, but like the consequences of that are very dire for Luke. You know, like out of nowhere, yeah. Luke is uh -huh. being terrorized. Luke's and world is turned upside down from this. Ryan's um, going to feel bad about that. You know what I mean? Well, and and it's a testament to how good of a guy Ryan is like he R Ryan has every reason to hate Luke, you know? Yeah. Uh, and there's times where he has hated Luke, you know? Um, but he, he also like respects him as a, as an equal in a way, I think. Well, we, we have never so. seen Ryan actively work toward the demise of anyone else. No, no, no. And, and he knows that he feels bad for Luke, that Luke has to carry this weight, you know? Um, and so he, he has true compassion for Luke and, it, it, I don't know, it's a nice moment, you know, and, and, and it's interesting because this is another moment, like another good Ryan moment that has nothing really to do with Seth, you know, there, there's yeah. times where they are attached and there's times where they let both of them have their separate storylines. And this is one of those times where, where Ryan has his own chance to do the right thing and, you know, all this stuff. So I did think that Luke running away from his dad when he first sees his dad yeah. was so funny because he had that makeup on his face and he has this huge square jawline yeah. and teary eyes and he's like backing up into Ryan and, and then just like running away. It's so childish. It was so childish yeah. that I, I didn't like, it was just a funny moment to me the way that 
the way that scene played out where it's just like he's panicking and he backs up yeah. and he's just supposed to be this big dominating force and it's just like he's he's, he's just this huge fucking face yeah. he's got such a big face <laughs> well I, that's, I think that 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 shock of that reduces him back to being a child you know Oh, of course. Yeah, sure. Like, I mean, yeah, like, look, yeah. We, we, I'm totally with you yeah. on like projecting onto this and like his inner child coming out, all that, but like just the optics yeah. of it was so funny yeah, to it me. Was, yeah. And it, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, and it's this embarrassing moment. It's like, he doesn't want to see this and he doesn't want, you know, there's part of him that he doesn't want his dad to know that he saw, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it, oh, but this was, no, this was in, um, I think that, I think that I'm talking about when they were in the Cohen's house. Oh, I thought you meant when they were in the dealership. No, not yeah, in the dealership. Yeah, no, yeah, this yeah. is later on in the yeah, No, yeah. the dealership that played fine. Yeah, that played right. straight, yeah. you know, that was that was yeah. good, but mm. when his dad first comes yeah. over before, you know, and then and then his dad goes and has a conversation with Sandy and then Luke comes back downstairs. He's like, "I'll I'll just get my shoes," you know. Yeah. It is it it is sweet because we do we are going to I mean, I I'm going to enjoy watching this continue to play out. Yeah. Um, this is one of my favorite, <clears throat> this is one of my favorite storylines, I think because one of my favorite literary devices is hope. It's the one that I care about the most. If you give, if you introduce hope into anything, then you're going to have my attention. And one of the biggest things for me that expresses hope is the ability for someone to change and become better. Mm-hmm. And it is rarely without some sort of like pretty significant life event, usually relatively kind of like harmful or painful that someone is kind of like birthed anew. Yeah. And Luke had seeds of humanness prior to this Mm -hmm. and he had some sort of code, but like, I mean, I know exactly it's going to get kind of like, as far as like Luke being the friend, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But this is a story of redemption of someone who is like becomes a more fully realized human being right in front of our eyes. Mm -hmm. And that to me is hope. And so I very much attach that also anyone that goes from being kind of like an asshole bully to like a compassionate human being, like I'm here for it, man. I'm so here for it. That's the, I think that's part of why I enjoy summer so much too, because she's kind of the female version of that. Yeah. Yep. And her, her, her walls are coming down in that way too, you know? And yeah, there's, and this is this like bringing together of these characters who like Luke doesn't seem like a misfit, but when you look at him under the magnifying glass, he kind of is, you know, and now he's been forced into that role. And so the the rest of them are kind of all, all kind of outcasts too. And they've, they've found this friendship with each other, you know, it's like one of yeah, the nice I mean, it, wholesome it, it things does, about the show. Is, is, it, it, I, I rejoice in it. Yeah. I re- this is what makes the show good to me. Yeah. Um, but now let's get to the fun stuff. Well, for, before we go on, I just want to say, like, I understand if you watch this episode and thought the way they handled Luke's dad was, was icky or whatever. And um, I think that, like, all we can do is ch- chalk it up to, oh, this was how it was at the time. And it would probably be written with a little more compassion now. Um, but. You know, I, I don't know. There was I, I was it like, would, well, should I, I just be feel like it okay would be almost a non-story now. Yeah. And that's a good thing. You know? Um Yeah, sure. But yeah, it, it, it looks it's just it's puzzling more than anything, more than offensive. You know, it's just kind of like, why is this a big deal almost? You know, but 
I guess that maybe that shows that we've made progress. I don't know. It's hard to feel that way. I sometimes, fucking hope so. I really do. But um, anyway, we'll get. Let's get on into the fun stuff. So, uh, we're gonna get into the summer flu and maybe some antibiotics. <laughs> the best part of that is that Sandy doesn't pick up on that until like <laughs> ten minutes later. Yeah. Oh, summer yeah, flu. Yeah. Uh, when was the last time you heard the word yoga lotties? I have never heard that word. The last time I heard it was when I watched this episode the first time. It came and went. Yeah. It was a thing it for a period a of time. Okay. It came and went. Um, yeah, I did have Summer and Anna, Julie and Kirsten written down. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just want to take a moment to recognize that Anna was unironically wearing a pink fuzzy Kangol hat. That hat. She was rocking that hat. That was like, that was I some, that was that. some Tom Haverford peacocking <laughs> i'm just gonna go peacock it out over here <laughs> yeah um there was a lot of purple met, purple and pink in this episode a lot of yeah a lot there of people was, wearing there was a lot of bright pink. colors yeah. they were i mean it was almost as if summer and anna were kind of like reflecting each other in their outfit they choices. Were, yeah i guess that was probably on purpose but um i felt really bad for seth in this episode uh i didn't you didn't i just i felt like <laughs> I felt like the situation on Thanksgiving wasn't all his fault. And I feel like he just got, you know, I don't know. It's it, how, it's how it had to be, but I just kind of, it's so awkward for him. And, you know, these are two people that he likes. And I don't know, but anyway, keep, keep going. Well, I'll go ahead and skip to it. I think Seth's apology was a really great monologue. It was. And he delivered it really well. And that line, you can't really blame me for wanting the company of one or, bo- or both of you. Yeah. Is like, well, fair enough, dude. That's a great, yeah, that's a, that's a great rom-com monologue, you know, since it seems sincere and, and obviously like the characters like were accepting of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, it was just, it was, there's not a lot of Adam Brody getting to play sincere. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. cause he's always got to uh, be, uh, sarcastic and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, he is one of the characters in the show who needs to be almost single note. Yeah. Um, and because he, he plays that role of comic relief so mm-hmm. well that I'm not really interested in him becoming a better person. <laughs> right. You know, um, yeah. speaking of bad people. Okay. Tate Donovan's portrayal of Jimmy has become there's a thing that he does. He does this fucking aw shuck smile after admitting that he fucked something up. And it's, an, I don't, yeah. I, I have all the love in the world for Tate Donovan. I think he's great, but yeah. that character, he's playing that character. And I think he's doing a good job of playing that character. The problem is that fucking character has been handed everything to him his whole life. He's so entitled that he's, he, he tells Sandy and then he just has the same aw shuck smile that he had when he stole $4 million. Yeah. Well, Oh oh man. Oh, I'm sorry, but I do check out this fucking million dollar smile. I have, I I, I chalk it up to like a nervous tick in a way, but, um, yeah, but yeah, I can understand why I feel that way about it. Um, I, every while he was, I had to stop that scene a couple of times cause I was really uncomfortable. (laughs) Cause yeah. Yeah. I was just like, why, why are you telling him this? Like, why are you doing this? You know? And like, I don't know. Do you think that Kirsten should have told him? No. I, I, it, it, she wasn't, she didn't participate in that moment. And I felt like her telling him would just make Sandy feel bad. 
for right. no reason and, you know, make his mind wander. Um, well, in general, so, I think there's two types of people, right? There's people that want the kind of like the, what is it? A sadistic like impulse to know the thing that is going to hurt, hurt them. them. And yeah. there's people that say like, this is only going to bring pain. Yeah. So like, there's no reason. And I don't think, I think you're one or the other most of the time. Yeah. I mean, and there's not really like, there's no convincing the person that has to know. Yeah. And there's no convincing <clears throat> the person that says, no, it's, it serves no purpose other than to cause pain. And therefore I don't want to do it. And that's like a, that's a fucking deep conversation that well, we're not, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to know what is the right thing in that situation. But, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not advocating lying to your partner or anything. I just think that like that situation, it wasn't like Chris Kirsten kissed him, you know, it was, well, we talked about this and I, I, I knew that kiss was coming and I, I watched it with an Eagle eye and I, I do maintain that Kirsten did respond more than react there and did Mm -hmm. allow for a little bit more of a kiss to happen than I remembered. Yeah. Well, I agree with that, but I think that's also akin to their, their history together. You know, she still loves Jimmy. Look, I'm not saying that Kirsten was wrong either. I I think she, it was like, it it was a moment she was caught up. And then as soon as like, as soon as she woke back, up she's like whoa 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 no way yeah, you know and, yeah. and she did the right thing she immediately left she's like whatever i'm out and i don't think she owed it to sandy to tell him because it wasn't like as it wasn't like she was like maintaining anything you it know was an mean? awkward moment and i think it just would make it more awkward telling sandy about it and then there's all this unneeded tension between him and jimmy but then you know J- here's jimmy jimmy being jimmy again stepping on rakes everywhere you know <laughs> just just that's just, a perfect analogy. Yeah, just God. Hold up. Wow. Hey, Kyle, did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, yeah. But I mean, and I understood why Jimmy, why uh, Sandy was mad about it. You know, Sandy already has this kind of uh, frustration with Jimmy. And then also the feel kind of feel betrayed that. Sandy's done all this stuff for Jimmy, you know, he doesn't have to, he's doing it because he, Jimmy is important to Kirsten, you know? Yeah. And, and for Jimmy to, to do this is just, you know, it's just just shitty, but I don't know. It's Jimmy's an interesting character. You know, I I think I'm more pro on him than you are, but I also have my moments where I'm like, "Mm, Jimmy's kind of shady, you know? I mean, I'm not out on Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy is the classic dude. That's like conventionally attractive and therefore everybody likes him and wants to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And those people like that wield a certain power Mm -hmm. that if not held with responsibility, they can be reckless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jimmy has very little consequences to his actions. It seems like, I mean, he did like, his relationship with Julie falls apart, but I can't imagine a world where that wouldn't fall apart even without these allegations, you know? Um, yeah. People might say, well, wait a second. The guy's, you know, gone through this divorce, public shaming, but he hasn't gone to jail. He hasn't. And you know, he's not going to go to jail. Somehow he's the motherfucker embezzled 4 million, you know, like what is that house worth 4 million fucking dollars? What is that house worth 4 million dollars? 
I guess if Caleb Nichols paying for it, I it guess is. So. I mean, maybe he's paying a reduced rate or something on the what he. Uh, maybe he's like you know argued. They it said down that, the but. motherfucker said full restitution by January first. Full restitution. I just sell the house. No, everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of jail free card. Yeah. Get out of jail four million card. Yep. Um. I thought Anna was coming in hot when Seth said, in the spirit of of sincerity, I have a date with Summer. And then Anna hits claps back with that. Well, what about Friday night, boy? <laughs> yeah, good for her. I thought she was going to yeah. get mad about that and just be like, oh, I see how it is. But he, she's. Oh, well, you, you, you got another thing coming. You got she, a new plot line coming yeah, up, buddy. Anna's stepping up to the plate. She's like, I'm, I'm not afraid of her. She's not giving him up. Yeah, she's not giving yeah. up. Yep. You want to know what my runner-up for out-of-context quote was? What? Maybe someday your next-door neighbor will be your dad. <laughs> That's a good one, too. Yeah. Oh, Julie. Uh, um, and Kirsten's, Kirsten's face when she says that. She's just like, well, okay, uh, so here's, uh, here's the thing I want that. to say about Kirsten. Yeah. Luke's dad comes over. He's obviously distraught. Yeah. Kirsten says... Carson, are you sure I can't get you anything to eat? Scotch? Xanax? <laughs> True. Wow. Like, that's like that. Kirsten's got these fucking red flags, bro. Yeah, but that's that's uh that's the noopsie in her, you know? That is the noopsie in her. I don't even want to get on these noopsies. Oh god. The 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 woman with the short hair is the worst. She is the she worst. She is the worst. She's like she might be worse than Julie. She came running in, boy. She was dancing with her yoga lotties mat, saying, "Come here, I gotta, I gotta tell you something." She was so happy to ruin that family's life. Yeah, what a horrible person, and all the other sort. And the one woman who's like, "I knew," because he didn't, he never made a pass at me. Oh God, oh, yeah, I feel so much like, better now. He never made a pass was, at me. Oh, I just I wanted a house to fall on her in that moment. <laughs> God, this there was a lot in this episode. It it, it was uh, it made me anxious. It really did. There was a lot of stuff going on. That a lot of uh, I have secondhand embarrassment for people a lot. Yeah, you know, and it was it was definitely triggering that stuff. There's a lot of things revealed and and stuff comes out and yeah. How about the timing of the kettle going off when Kirsten and Sandy are making up and they started kissing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's all but like a ooga. <laughs> yeah. Nice. No hidden porn stash on the PC? Well, yeah, I guess you already knew about that. <laughs> Clearly, you already know about that. Uh... Oh, man. That's all I got. Yeah. There wasn't any good, uh, there wasn't really any good trivia about this episode. Uh, Ninja T asked if uh, the actress that played Luke's mom was actually related to Luke. Apparently she is not. She does. She does favor him. Um, how about Luke's shitty brothers. <laughs> They're the worst. I just hate them. I, it was. It was sad that the second time they came back, the boys were just like so subdued and watching TV. But I was like, good. Yeah, yeah I don't want to see them anymore. <laughs> it's just it's, they're like the shitty, the shitty little brothers from an '80s movie or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's it, this this episode uh, had a lot of things set set some things in motion. So, um, we shall see. I'm I'm looking forward to the next episode. So I don't know what's coming. 
I'm 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 kind of in the dark now. So once we once we uh once the Ferris wheel scene happened, I was just like, all right, well, I'm just gonna let myself just forget everything that I know about the show because <laughs> I just like I thought this was a different place. So. Um, yeah, well, that was our exhaustive discussion of uh, episode 12 of The Secret, and you can check out The OC on HBO Max. We should be getting sponsored by them. Um, them and Batchance. You got Batchance, anything else? man. We ain't even yeah, talked about Batchance. Yeah. You've been putting it on some breakfast stuff? I've been putting it on everything. Have son. you? Okay, so you initially it sounded like you weren't too into it. No, it, it wasn't that I wasn't too into it. I was just kind of like okay, this is good, but I wasn't putting enough on it to get the real effect. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I'm, I mean, I'm don't, I mean, I, I, the past like two or three days I've, I haven't eaten as much food at home, Yeah, but every single meal I make at home, I put it on there. Like what you, you put it on your, like your, your bowls and stuff. Yeah. All the bowls I make, it's, it's, it's the final, it's the final ingredient to all my bowls now. I knew you were going to like it on that. That's like perfect for that, man. Man, this shit's good. I, I tell you what, sometimes I walk by the fridge and I pull it out. I just put a little bit on my finger. Yeah, does it I taste just, better than lighter fluid? I'm just like, yeah, I just well, I mix a little lighter fluid with it and uh, <laughs> put it right there on the tip of my tongue, and it's like, oh man. I'm Joey Hall. This is Jackass. <laughs> Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> that's my yeah, that's my new diet. Is I just put a little bit of batch ends on my tongue, drink a little lighter fluid, do that three times a day, lose weight fast. <laughs> oh man well, i'm glad you well, like it that's uh, we're, we're gonna get sponsored by the by batch yeah well go to batchhands.net backslash ilts for your discount yeah five percent off uh if you want to email us we're i only like their old stuff at gmail.com send us some yeah so we need some some we need to know y'all are listening we need some number one haters yeah yeah. Um, and uh, you can check out our shitty website, which has been totally revamped. By totally, I mean I just kind of updated the background stuff on it. Put a new picture on it. Yeah. That's all I did. A um, new old picture. Yeah. <laughs> you can check it out at IOLTOS.com. And you can find us on Spotify and uh, most other places where podcasts are found. Perhaps Fuck not Apple. Apple. Fuck Apple. Fuck Bill Gates. <laughs> oh no that's, not really sorry Bill. No, sorry Bill Gates fuck Steve Jobs too soon rip too soon R.I.P. um <laughs> We'll see you next time. Have a good night.